Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. It is 509, 74 degrees with some storms moving through our area. Just be careful out there driving. There's some slowing traffic in a lot of places, there's some flooding. Uh, it's just drizzling out here at the station now. It looks like it's passed for the most part, but there was a river running through our driveway. So it was coming down pretty hard, and it's still in a lot of parts of our area. So drive carefully. Just be cognizant of the weather reports. You know, you can see it coming. If it starts, you know, downpouring and you're in the car, slow it down. You'll get where you're going eventually. Hopefully you're out of work now, 509, 510 here at the station. And, um, you know, you put it behind you, and it looks like there's going to be some rain tomorrow. That we'll have to deal with. But the weekend's looking pretty good from what I'm seeing. Uh, I'm going to be away this weekend. Hopefully uh, all works out well. And, uh, you know, we'll see We'll see what we have. I haven't really done much this summer yet. So, you know, I look forward to these little weekend getaways every now and then. Um, some leaders in the local disabled community are raising concerns about the city of Scranton's uh, connectivity plan. The walkability plan, it's been called a lot of things, uh, walkability changes in downtown Scranton and how it would affect them. Well, and I'm just spitballing here, you remove 22 traffic lights for four-way stop signs, you add bike lanes and uh, plant some trees to hinder dis- uh, visibility, uh, I would say it's going to be a little dangerous. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully it's not. But uh, I-, I don't know. And they have the same questions. You know, there's going to be sweeping changes involving traffic signals, stop signs, street directions, and travel lanes. And like I said, they're going to go from one-way to two-way traffic on some streets, take away 22 traffic lights for four-way stop signs, add bicycle lanes. You know, if you have any sort of disability, be it a, a visual disability, a walking disability, a wheelchair, anything like that, it, it's going to it's gonna be change. It's going to be a big change. And uh, that changed if it's for the better, will depend on, you know, everyone else adhering to those changes. You roll through a stop sign, you're endangering someone. You're a bicycle and you don't obey the traffic laws the way you should because you are a vehicle, especially if you're traveling in those bicycle lanes. Uh, I know they like to think, well, sometimes I'm a pedestrian, sometimes I'm a a vehicle, so then I'm a pedestrian again, now I'm a vehicle. But, um... They wonder how the proposals, such as removing traffic lights and have audible crosswalk signals to replace them with stop signs, would affect visually impaired pedestrians. Again, the four-way stop signs are a major concern instead of traffic lights, would make crossing the street more difficult for people who use wheelchairs. A lot of people think it would be great, but don't realize the impact on disabled people, said city resident Derek Rines. And this is in the Times-Tribune. Earlier this week, um, yesterday, I guess. Um, Reigns, who has multiple sclerosis and vision impairment from MS, is a member of the Lackawanna Blind Association. With its headquarters in the heart of downtown at 228 Adams Avenue, the association last month discussed the new plan, also called Walkability Plan, with Mayor Paige Gebhardt Cognetti, Mayor PGC. And urban design consultant Jeff Speck unveiled June 21st at Lackawanna College. Reigns, a Hill uh, section resident who uses a wheelchair, contacted the Times Tribune on behalf of the association to convey the group's concerns. 
The mayor said the connectivity plan is a starting point for discussion. The city will give the public and stakeholders, including those in the disabled community, ample opportunity for input before any changes are implemented. You guys who live in Scranton, do you believe that? You know, this is just a talking point. They've they spent a lot of money on these feasibility studies and the walkability study or wherever you want to call it. And the mayor is saying that this is just a starting point. The city will give the public and its stakeholders, including those in the disabled community, ample opportunity for input before any changes are implemented. Now, you guys and gals who live in the city of Scranton, is that your experience with the mayor, the city council, and how they do things? If it is, great. I hope it is. I hear different here at the station. I read different. So if you live in the Scranton area, you know, call in, text in, give me your thoughts. 570-883-0098. Uh, the study is the beginning of a process and the beginning of what will absolutely be a public dialogue where we can address these concerns and work with them, the mayor said. This is a preliminary study to then move forward with public dialogue. Meeting for public input has not been scheduled yet, though. Fitting. But they worry about the public input, but at the right time, either when it's too late or if they don't care. We've talked about the plan here. It calls for converting several one-way streets to two-way streets, replacing traffic signals with four-way stop signs at 22 intersections, revamping Lackawanna Avenue and Biden Street, incorporating bike lanes on streets, providing proper crosswalk markings, and planting trees in some sidewalks, to name a few major changes. Um, another member from Dunmore, who is a member of the Blind Lackawanna Blind Association, advocates for vision-impaired people. She worries that if four-way stop signs replace signals, many motorists won't bother making full stops thus potentially decreasing safety for vision-impaired pedestrian. Who stops at stop signs? Stoll's asked. Well, I hope we're stopping at stop signs. Electric vehicles, which are expected to increase in the number in the coming years, also have quiet and mostly inaudible motors, which could make vision-impaired pedestrians navigating the streets more risky. Everybody was under the impression that this was going to take place immediately, and we felt we are being slided and not taken into consideration, she said. Well, the mayor said that this is just a starting point, and you'll be provided uh, your ample opportunity to voice your opinion. William of Clarks Green, who is disabled and uses a wheelchair, noted that disabled visitors to the downtown often must deal with various issues, including trying to cross streets safely and sync with signals and navigate curb cuts and corners, snow and ice on sidewalks in the street corners in winter, and flooding during the heavy rain can also present problems and challenges for people in wheelchairs. Four-way stops are good in theory, as long as vehicles make a full stop and yield to pedestrians, but don't just roll through stop signs. He hopes implementation of the plan takes such matters into consideration. The city uh, hired urban design expert Jeff Speck of Massachusetts-based Speck & Associates, who partnered with Nielsen Nygaard Consulting Associates, one of the nation's largest transportation planning companies, to craft a 148-page plan. Speck, who is the author of the 2012 book Walkable City, 
How Downtown Can Save America One Step at a Time, Applied a Design Strategy Centered on Walkability to Show How Certain Interventions Can Greatly Improve the Livability and Viability of Downtown Scranton. The plan's recommendation involves five parts. The Safe Walk presents best practices in pedestrian safety broken down into nine sections addressing everything from one-way to two-way travel to the details of street design. Street reconfiguration shows recommended changes to every downtown street. A useful walk details factors that determine the usefulness in walking downtown, including housing supply, pricing, and management of parking and improvements to downtown transit. A comfortable and interesting walk determines where people can be expected to walk downtown towards prioritizing recommended improvements. Next steps. Highlights proposed street reconfigurations and recommendations meriting immediately actions. See, the full implementation of the plan could take about five years, with some aspects more readily doable. But the Department of Transportation does have veto power on the removal of street signs and say over converting one-way to two-way streets. The mayor noted that improving overall safety underlies the entire plan. No, it doesn't, Mayor. You know it doesn't. We believe that the data and examples from other cities show that ultimately always four-way stops are safer than that of stoplights. And we think that that's the way that we'll go. But there will be a lot of public dialogue between now and it getting implemented, the mayor said. The horse hasn't left the gate. We'll certainly have those conversations and bring those examples and figuring out what other and other cities to mitigate those types of concerns? I, I need to look into that. I, I don't know where they're getting the data that four-way stop signs are safer than traffic lights. I'm, I, I, it, it might be. I, I'm just, I really need to look into this now. I think you need to look into that. I said that a couple uh, when they first said about that study for Scranton saying the four-way stop signs were safer. I'm like... Um, if you can't stop for a stoplight, I highly doubt that you are going to stop then. Oh, it's a sign. If it's a sign, you have to stop. If it's a light, it's optional. Is that what it is? Yeah. I'm... Yeah. And then whose turn is it anyway? Don't you think it, it's not going to improve the flow of traffic any because we'll be sitting there all day deciding whose turn it is. And the person trying to walk in the walkability plan is going to be standing there waiting for everybody to make up their mind who goes first. <laughs> and wondering if they get to go or not. Pedestrian has the right, right. of way, but are they going to put those signs with the big, big guy walking in the street that pedestrian has the right of way like they do in some of the downtown? Two things. Whose brother did this study? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or or um, who owns stock in the stop sign making company? company interesting you know interesting. i'm just saying but you know it's it's uh, this is a valid point about the areas disabled you know people in wheelchair people with visual impairments you, you're taking away 22 stoplights you're adding a bike lane you're planting trees that are going di- to yeah, hinder visibility if, if you're going to make it more walkable then you, the stoplights kind of work coincide with the crosswalk signs right yeah so that's – I think we need to talk to somebody from Northeast Signal who doesn't make stop signs but makes the stoplights and ask them what they think about this. Or go to Director PennDOT who does have veto authority over this whole thing because they are, have to 
Well, okay. Give a blessing if, to the stop sign. If we have to sign. rely on Pendleton, <laughs> it's a lost cause oh. completely. <laughs> I'll just call the governor's office. As simple as that. Not you guys that no. work for Pendot. No. You, no, not you guys trying to figure out what those higher ups are. We know the hierarchy doing. that's developed at PennDOT. You guys on the road driving the trucks and doing the things that need to be done. Are, you understand do us. God's work. Yes. <laughs> yes. You need us behind this mic. You yeah. want us behind this mic. Oh, they can't Lord. handle the truth. Listen, is it Friday yet? Not yet. Seriously. Almost. For oh. us. Anyway. Uh, it's 521 here at WIK. Time for traffic and weather. Is it? All right, this Jake's is- like, will you guys do the weather and traffic already? <laughs> Oh, God help me. This what is okay. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm doing the traffic. Okay. This traffic update is brought to you by Penn Teledata Internet. There are, there is like ro- moving roadblocks on 84 eastbound. I guess they're doing some utility work. Uh, that starts somewhere around the Dunmore area. You can expect delays there. We see delays heading into the back mountain, possible some um, debris hanging out in the roadways that might be holding you up. So watch out on Route 309, the Cross Valley and South Memorial Highway as you head into and out of the Dallas area. We also have delays in both directions of 81 from Wilkesbury to Scranton. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, increasing clouds with seasonable temperatures. Hopefully those storms are moving past our area. Low 62. Thursday, showers and storms and downpours possible. High of 78. Friday, great start to the weekend. Mix of sun and clouds. High 83. Currently 74 degrees, so the temperature is coming down. There's still heavy thunderstorms in our area. At 523, your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. I'm looking up the four-way stops better than better than um traffic signals and it's it's kind of a mixed bag but i could see where they're getting it from uh, from this engineer who puts his uh, puts his um information out everywhere for for a more walkable city replace signals with all-way stop signs um but it all depends on how the roads configured how often you have the stop signs are the roads the same size? Um, th- there's a lot of factors that go into to this. But um, they also say that four-way stop signs give pedestrians a false sense of security. So, again, it depends on the environment and the infrastructure of those specific roads, how the intersections flow into each other. Um, that's what I'm gathering from reading the information I'm getting. Let's uh, go to uh, Joe from Trips Park on downtown Scranton. Joe. Hey, how are you, Rob? Good. Uh, this downtown area, how big would you say that is? Like, well, like maybe six, eight square blocks? No, I mean, no, it's 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 bigger than that. Um, and I, I don't know how much they're encompassing with this, but, you know, Scranton is, is, a, is a big enough area. Uh, for 22 intersections to remove stops, mm-hmm. to remove lights and put stop signs, I would imagine they're talking about a, a wider area. Okay, because I mean, compared to the rest of the the town, it's it's a very you know when I compare it to the rest, it's a small area. I'm thinking like where the courthouse is at, you know, down to where like maybe that bus stop is at, you know, to the college. I don't think that's really that big. Any which way direction you go, leaving those areas, there's sidewalks that are almost unwalkable. 
I mean, I live close to a main avenue here. There's weeds that go up to your waist. The sidewalks are just non-existent. There's cars parked on them. I mean, there's storefronts that haven't been power washed in like 50 years. There's yeah, so you many the, problems. You think the sidewalks or the roadways and the curbs and stuff like that would be the priority, not taking down stoplights and putting four-way stop signs, adding bike lanes. How about we add streets Absolutely. and curbs I, that you can actually transverse? I hear them talking about that little area, but the rest of the town, and I hate to say it because I really love this place, it's falling apart and it only seems to be getting worse. There's no street sweepers. I see a street sweeper run past by my house once, maybe twice a year. Change of season. That's it. Garbage gets piled up every single day on the streets. And I'm talking about Main Avenues. And there's tons of garbage. Can, you know, even here at West France, you go down to Main Street, tons of garbage. Burnt down houses still standing for like over a year. I mean, it's, just, it's a total hazard. They're just looking at the one part in Scranton that needs the least work and ignoring the other parts that need absolute, that it's a safety hazard, as a matter of fact, in some of these areas. So, I mean, it makes no sense. Why not start where you need it the most and work your way down to where you need it the least? Yeah, I, I think if you want to make Scranton more walkable, how about you repair every sidewalk in the city and curb and make nice cuts that people on wheelchairs and people walkers can get through? Uh, that, I think, would be the best start you can make. Absolutely. I mean, 80% of it is unwalkable, and they're worried about the 20% that you can kind of already walk on. It, <laughs> it makes no sense because to me. Because May- just... Mayor PGC just wants to point at something and say, look at who did this. It's me, me, me. I want my next stepping stone. Absolutely, and it's a shame because Scranton is not all of the best restaurants. It's not all located downtown. You have to kind of venture out to go to some of these little gems. And when you venture out, you go, wow, this is a really grand down place because, unfortunately, they just ignore everything surrounding that courthouse. Yeah. It's, it's got to change. Yeah, it's a great area, and, and I, I think more focus needs to be done on exactly what you said, You know, getting out of the immediate area to get to those gems that are all around Scranton because there's plenty of them. Absolutely, and they could use the help, too. I mean, some of these businesses, they could really use the walkability, the traffic, and just the exposure. And if you make it a little bit nicer and clean it up, they'll get that. Yeah, and and I'll put it out now to you and every listener here. You know, if you go to some place that's your little gem in Scranton or in Wilkes-Barre or any of the towns in our area, in our listening area, call me, let me know, text it in, let me know, and say, hey, just had dinner here, it was great, we had this. I'll put that out there because I'm all about the small businesses in our area. <laughs> that's awesome, Bob. Thank you so much. All right, Joe, you have a great night. Thanks. Um, let's go to John from Freeland. We're not going to talk about anybody else, John, but I'll let you talk your perspective on what you want to say. Okay. Well, just a, a few issues that were brought up. I won't bring anybody up here. Um, first of all, I'd like to propose for the traffic flows roundabouts because they would drive Nikki Stone absolutely insane. <laughs> okay. Um, my wife, my you... wife actually gets stuck on them, so I, I find them comical. I, I got used to them in Ireland when I traveled there a lot because that's all they have there. So, I did so, in England, too, and yeah. I love them. Yeah, I'm used to them, but my wife gets stuck on them. Usually has to go around two or three times to find out her where she really needs to go. Now, I don't know, Rob, if you remember, but there was uh, many, many, many decades ago, there was, this, there was this miracle pesticide, and it was called DDT. And it was inexpensive, and it was very, very effective. And many third-world countries began importing it because it was so effective at killing mosquitoes who car- that carry malaria that it actually saved millions of lives until a book came out. And this book was called Silent Spring. Now, this was one book, 
and that made the argument that DDT was responsible for the death of uh, uh, bird species, that it was affecting bird species. So the environmentalists jumped on it. Uh, the United Nations took action. We banned DDT, only to later find out several years later that um, it wasn't uh, DDT at all that was causing the problem, but it was a virus. And so now you had third world countries who couldn't afford the more expensive pesticides, and we saw the death rates to malaria begin to skyrocket globally. And nobody decided to take any responsibility for that. The second thing is, as a caregiver, it really causes me to spit nails when I hear anybody say that the increases in Social Security and in Medicare were such a wonderful, wonderful idea and helped take care of a lot of problems because I'm going to tell you right now, it wasn't enough to combat the inflation. And I'll tell you, my parents, it was much easier for me taking care of them under Trump than it is under this guy. I did not find that their um, drugs have gone down in price. And I'll tell you, from month to month, there are times when I'm really stretching their budget and even contributing some of my own in order to help them out. Yeah, we've, we've all been there, John. We've got to wrap it up, so if you want to finish That's up it. real quick. Okay, John. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your call. Thanks a lot. Thank you. It's uh, 5.33 here at WILK. We'll be back after these messages. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio 538. So what about this electric bus company that the Biden administration has been touting for months now who just filed for Chapter 11 uh, bankruptcy? Proterra, the electric bus company repeatedly celebrated by uh, President Joe Biden, filed for bankruptcy Monday blaming various market headwinds for its financial struggles. They uh, filed in Delaware, District of Delaware, for bankruptcy, voluntary Chapter 11 reorganization said it would continue to operate its business as normal, including paying employee salaries and benefits and compensating vendors and suppliers during the process. Um, Biden's Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm, previously served on the board of Proterra's directors and owned shares of the company for months after being confirmed to lead the energy department. It took uh, months of pestering the now Secretary of Energy to divest herself from this company, which she failed to do for a long time. Finally did. Um, Gareth Joyce serves as the Chief Executive Officer and Board Member of Proterra, and Joyce brings to Proterra a long and distinguished career that spans the automotive, aviation, and consulting industries with a constant focus on environmental sustainability and decarbonization the transit sector, the White House said on February 28th when they, uh, when they appointed the new CEO. The CEO for Pantera also serves on the White House Export Council and Principal Nationally Advisor Committee on International Trade. Well, maybe someone who is going bankrupt with their company after getting billions of dollars of our tax money shouldn't be on the White House Export Council and shouldn't be 
the Principal National Advisory Committee on International Trade because they're failing in business. Um, and we go back to the Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, who was faced with widespread, widespread criticism for her ownership stake in Proterra. She served on the board, like I said, before her confirmation to lead the Department of Energy and continued to hold shares of the company for months after her confirmation. While we are pleased that Secretary Granholm has eventually done the right thing and divested herself from Proterra, this now bankrupt company for electric buses, many questions remain unanswered, said the director of uh, public trust, protect the public trust. While Secretary Granholm no longer owns stock, the American public still deserves answers of why the perceived conflict lasted as long as it did. Um, There's also talk that a lot of people on the board of this company dumped their stock before this um, bankruptcy went through. And again, Biden touted giving this company, Biden touted, uh, touted his support for billions of dollars of federal funding to accelerate the adoption of zero emission transit buses through this company and school buses during the tour. Uh, you know, Stranton's getting, uh, I think, two dozen of electric school buses that they just just ordered a couple months ago. Uh, hopefully that's not the no, company I, that just I, went bankrupt listen, because that would be. Is it Friday yet? You, you said that the last time you were in here. Because the more I hear stories like electric buses, this like, is Cylindra two point ridiculous. Because they're you know Scranton doesn't have enough financial problems that like the why did they need electric buses as opposed to? Well, because Biden said so, and Mayor PGC is going to do what Biden well, yeah, says. Anything you say that's right, and you said to buy from this company and buy from this guy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, 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 sir. Yup, 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 yup. Wait, wait, we we say it with a smile and we tilt our blonde hair head to the side. Yeah, and I'm saying that because I'm I'm a, I'm a blonde, so that's what I'm doing. I mean, not that other people aren't blonde or anything, but and, me, me and do that well. Whatever you say. Yep. You are so great. I, I can't wait to see these electric school buses in Scranton in the winter. That's all I'm saying. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they're a success. I, I, I really do. I don't see it though. Well, I don't wish any bad on the taxpayers of Scranton one bit whatsoever. No, but you already got your bad. Well, it looks and like they the, sit in the mayor's. The office, Biden administration here who. is taking lessons from Lackawanna County Commissioner's Office. So uh, it's uh, five forty-three here. Can WIK. we start our own island? Time for traffic and weather. <laughs> Anywhere. An island? Just an island. This Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update brought to you by Cars.com. 80 East in Pocono is very slow go. 81 northbound dips under 30 miles per hour in the Scranton area. Coming southbound, music to Pittston. You are going under 40 miles per hour. 81 southbound delays on 80 west as well as you go out to... um, uh, or 84 West, I'm sorry, um, right around the Dunmore area. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, increasing clouds and seasonable temperatures, low 62. Thursday, shower storms and downpours possible. High of 78. Friday, great start to the weekend. Mix of sun and clouds. High 83. 72 degrees and mostly cloudy here. Now, didn't I tell you it was going to stop by 530, 540? At 544, your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 
548, 72 degrees and mostly cloudy here at the station. Let's go to the phones now. We have uh, Tony from Pittston on the difference between diesel and electric. Now, I just heard this on the television. I wasn't going to call tonight, but I had to get this in as soon as... Is this not the most corrupt administration we've ever had in our lifetime? Huh? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's Cylindro 2.0. That's all this is. Uh, I think it's I think it's 3.0. I think it's worse. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so I just heard this on TV, and whether this is true or not, where I heard it, it probably is true. It takes for tractor trailer. Now we're a military family. Tractor trailers also. A lot of members of my family drove. I know Nikki's husband drives. It takes 15 minutes to fill a diesel truck with fuel that can go 1,200 miles. It takes 10 to 12 hours to charge an electric rig that can go 250 miles. Yeah, and they're charging, the those, they're, they're, charging, the they're charging those electric buses for those 12 hours with fossil fuel plants, power plants. <laughs> but you can't say that. You have nothing to see here, Rob, yeah, right? I know. <laughs> Hey, I'll catch you later on, my friend. I just wanted to throw that out there, buddy. I appreciate it, Tony. Thanks for calling. All right, Rob. Take care, buddy. Yeah, and uh, that that's the that's the thing. And, and I had a conversation last week with someone about the electric vehicles and how, okay, their carbon footprint of the electric vehicles. Now, a bus, I'm sure, is a lot more. But just regular electric vehicles compared to combustion engine vehicles. The electric vehicle's carbon footprint is higher for the manufacturing. Because you have to figure an electric vehicle's manufacturing includes the mining for the minerals for the batteries and everything like that. So the carbon footprint is higher for an electric vehicle than it is for uh, for um, the electric vehicle for than, than the gas-powered engine car. During the life of the vehicles, the gas-powered vehicle, the combustion engine vehicle surpasses the electric vehicle in its carbon footprint. Not by a whole lot, but it does. It does surpass it. So the increase in the manufacturing in an electric vehicle, as opposed to the combustion engine vehicle, equal out. And it it even does a little better during the life of the vehicle as you're driving it. Because it is an electric vehicle, and they do take into consideration that most of the electricity comes from a fossil fuel-powered plant, where the electric vehicle then exceeds your combustion engine vehicle is the disposal. The disposal of the batteries, the disposal of the electric vehicle itself is not the same as a combustion engine vehicle. A good majority of which can be recycled. Most of your electric vehicles are not recyclable as far as their plastic, their, their, their infrastructure and framing and everything like that, plus their batteries. So if you take an electric vehicle... Comparative to a combustion engine vehicle, take like one of your Teslas and you know one of your midsize Fords or Chevys or, or whatever midsize cars out there. Equal comparable car. I'm not talking a big SUV to a, an electric vehicle, but I'm sure it'd be the same if you got a big SUV electric vehicle compared to an SUV. The electric vehicle, in the end, when you add manufacturing, the life of the vehicle, and its disposal exceeds the carbon footprint of your combustion engine vehicle. Now, where they're saying this will equal out and be better for the electric vehicle is down the road, years from now, when a majority of electricity comes from renewables. Now, right now, and for the foreseeable future, we're not going to have that. 
There is no foreseeable future where renewable energy, unless we start building nuclear power plants, is going to power your electric vehicle charging station. Until that happens, every electric vehicle put out there is going to have a larger carbon footprint than your combustible engine vehicle comparable. It's as simple as that. Now, eventually, and I'm all for eventually, but let's plan eventually. Let's not say we need to have all electric vehicles in the next 10 years because we're not there. And it's not saving us anything by trying to get there or trying to rush it. So I did that breakdown last, last, uh, last weekend when I had some downtime, and I looked through the whole thing. And, again, the manufacturing for an electric vehicle has a higher carbon footprint than the manufacturing for a for – a, and there's many reasons for that. I can go through the reasons – Manufacturing in uh, combustion engine vehicles is a lot more streamlined than electric vehicles. And again, you have the mining and all that stuff um, made for it, for the batteries. And then the life of the vehicle, you know, the electric vehicle surpasses the combustion engine, but the disposal is where it gets back and then surpasses again in the other direction. So until we get all renewable energy to power these electric vehicles at our homes, at our charging stations and what have you, they are not climate-friendly or carbon-friendly or whatever you want a terminology you want to use there. So, uh, you know, we'll see what goes on there. Uh, we talked about the Philippines yesterday, but we also had this incident up in, off of the Aleutian Islands where both Chinese and Russian naval vessels, um, it's kind of classified now, so they're not saying. Some reports said that they did come into our waters. Some of the reports saying they stayed in international waters. But we dispatched uh, quite a few of our assets to fend them off. And this, again, is another test by the Chinese, by the Russians, to see a lot of things, to see our response time, to see how we responded, to see how long it took us to pick them up. These are all tests. These are all tests that they take. If you, if you know anyone in the military that serves in these capacities, that has been involved with these types of things, they are studying everything. Because sooner or later, it's not going to be a test. And if you don't think that's the case, then you're sadly mistaken. They are our biggest threat. Now, I don't think Russia, on a conventional standpoint, after what they've shown in Ukraine, is much to worry about. And I don't think a Chinese army is much to worry about. Because, again, when's the last time a Chinese army had a war? Their navy, on the other hand, is formidable. Untested, but formidable. And they're growing exponentially while we're trying to maintain stuff we've had for decades uh, in certain avenues, especially on our naval vessels. And I'll have an expert come on to talk more about that. But these are tests, and they are testing a multitude of things. Like I said, what we send, the time it takes to spend, just like the balloon was, how long it takes us to interact, what are we sending, could they defeat what we're sending, how do they defeat what we're sending, because they know these are standardized responses. So the next time when they come, they know what to expect, what's coming, and they'll already have countermeasures in place to interdict our response. And this is the cat and mouse game that's gone on for decades with countries like Russia, like China, uh, but they're starting to get an uptick now. 556 here at WILK. We'll be back. Close out the show in just a minute. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show on this Wednesday, August 9th, 2023. 
Hopefully the storms weren't too much by you guys. And uh, yes, there is a such thing as free rent. It's the rent that I get for free in your head when you listen to the show but don't like me. I appreciate the space there for free. And I appreciate the interaction and you listening. Truly do. Uh, We're going to do this thing again tomorrow. God bless. Be safe. And again, weather should be moving through our area. But there's storms tomorrow. Uh, It was an enjoyment, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.